0: us i'm so glad for the mercy of god today i'm so glad for the power of his spirit amen that rests upon souls like you and i today Amen. we haven't got it all together but he has praise god praise god praise god amen i want us to turn our attention this morning and as we turn to romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 2 again i want to thank pastor butcher for allowing us to come and be a part of what the Lord's doing here on the north side of Western, of Perth, Western Australia. It really is an honor. I don't take this opportunity or this privilege lightly. I'm honored that I... he's asked us to come. There are many more he could have chosen today. But I want to talk on this theme that the Lord's laid upon my heart. Over the years, I've talked on things similar, uh, but I've put these notes together, believing that this is the will of God for this morning. Seeing so many new faces confirms it to me. Amen. Because now in my early days as a Christian, I realized that there were many, many struggles that I had then that I still have now, except God's given me a greater victory over them. And so I want to talk on the theme, mind games. Mind games. Because the enemy is not like a man or a woman that would try to attack you physically, although he tries to attack our physical lives. He tries to attack our minds, our thoughts, the places that we carry everywhere we go, and only we know about them. And so I want to read in Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 1, it says these words, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. If we can duck over to Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23. I really enjoyed that teaching this morning. If you missed it, get the notes. Catch up throughout the week. But Proverbs 4, verse 23 reads these words. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Keep your heart. Keep your heart. Lord have your way we pray this morning once again as your spirits worked and moved throughout the teaching and the worship continue Lord God to speak to us your people through the preaching we pray anoint me as your servant Lord God and anoint our hearts and our ears to receive your word with gladness in Jesus name Amen the mind stores up a lot of information heavily influenced by the voices that we listen to and becomes the place of warfare for the Christian man or woman I don't have a library at home, but I've got a lot of information stored up in my mind. Voices are like seeds. We hear them everywhere we go. Seeds that try to get planted in our minds. Some seeds grow fruit. Some uh, seeds grow vegetables. But some seeds grow weeds. And weeds aren't good for your mind. We hear voices everywhere we go the media, social media billboards, the voices of the people that we speak to, family, our work colleagues, the books we read, the entertainment that we entertain ourselves with. So many voices being stored up in our minds. Psychologists will tell you about subliminal messages that you get at times without even realising them. Therefore, this topic this morning, this this message that I want to Speak to you about is vitally important to your walk with God and your journey throughout life. You see, it's very unlikely that somebody's gonna go out this morning and commit some, commit some crazy act without at first taking seed or root in their mind. No husband, no wife has ever decided to commit an act of adultery without first thinking thoughts that weren't good for their lives a seed that formed in their mind and went over and over again until a thought became an act and an act became a regret when it could have been stopped and helped if the mind was just submitted and given over to the Lord anybody know what I'm talking about today anybody ever struggled with things addictions and problems sexual sins habits substance abuse and you try to get victory and you come to God and God gives you victory but then seeds continue to flow in your mind. I'm not just talking I'm not just preaching today, I'm talking from experience. As a new Christian, there were times that when I was down, I begin to remember how it was back in the world. And instead of trying to get victory over my mind, my mind became an action, and my action became a sin. And the devil would be waiting all the time just by my side to now condemn me and play deeper mind games with me. But thank God today that our victory is in him. It's in Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, I want to, the church here on the north side, I want us to have victory in our thoughts because our, our thoughts lead to victory over choices. Every day, there is a garden trying to grab your attention, choices that are to be made, and those choices usually come through the influences of what speaks to your life. That's why coming to church on Sunday is of vital importance. Sometimes it's like a flush of water just goes through our system to clean us out. But I tell you, what's more important than just coming to church is being the church. I have never read in Scripture where God commanded His people to gather together on Sunday. But daily from house to house and breaking of bread and in fellowship, they're in one accord. And in prayer, seeking the face of God. When you allow God to give you victory in your mind, you begin to realize that church is not Sunday morning. This is the highlight. This is the celebration. This is the joy of God's people coming together. But let me tell you, you experience God every day. Every day. I don't just come to church to get my dose of Jesus. I get Him on Monday mornings. Let me tell you, since I've been a Christian, I've never had Monday-itis again. Every Monday I can wake up with joy, reminded of the preaching, reminded of the power of God. When I go to work or where I go to some some, uh, an event, He's there. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Are you hearing me this morning? There's a series that we taught on the Gold Coast from year to year. I preached these thoughts a couple of weeks back there. Uh, On the topic of guardrails. I don't know, Pastor, maybe you've preached to the congregation here. Guardrails. We ought to put guardrails around our thoughts and our minds. Places of protection that we can't go past. If if we step past the guardrails of our thoughts, that there is a conscience, the voice of God speaking to us saying, Hey son, hey daughter, don't go there. That we prick against the Holy Ghost in our minds that says, Don't go there. Amen. God's got a hold of our thoughts. Bless God. You see the Bible there in our reading in Proverbs said, Keep your heart with all diligence, For out of it are the issues of life. Now the heart is an extremely extremely vital organ in your body. As a matter of fact, if you didn't have one, we wouldn't have you. You can't live without a heart. And you need to look after your heart. But this isn't a health lesson this morning. You see, the mind is the heart of your soul. The functioning of how you live your life. That's why the Bible says He wants all souls to be His. Lord, I'm giving you my soul, my life today. The mind is the heart of your soul. There are many scriptures that reference the heart in the Word of God, but not necessarily the blood pumping vessel that's just before, just beyond your chest. <laughs> the mind and the thoughts that keep your soul in check. That's what God is ministering to many. And us here this morning through His Word. You see, correct me if I'm wrong here this morning. I haven't found any, but I'll say there aren't any scriptures on teaching on cholesterol. Anybody ever read in the Word of God where the Lord instructs His disciples to watch out for their cholesterol? Eat more avocados with the nice fancy sticker saying cholesterol free? I don't read that in the Word of God, but it's important. I don't see any scriptures talking about high blood pressure. Anybody ever read that before? Thus saith the Lord, what's your blood pressure? But it talks a lot about the heart. I see many scriptures that talk about the heart referring to the mind, like we just read here, because out of it come the issues of life. But I don't read any scriptures that talk about heart disease, although that's quite serious if you've been affected by it. I've got, a young, I've got a 14-year-old son that's got a slight heart murmur, and we take him every two years to get his heart checked. That's very wise. But it's more important that we get him to check his soul on a daily basis with the great physician, Jesus Christ. You see, over on the other side of the country, on the Gold Coast, our theme for 2019 is another level. Because we want to go deeper in God. We want to go further than we've ever been. We want to go higher in our walk, greater in our walk with God. We want to go deeper in the things of God. But we understand, in going forward, just like on the Gold Coast, it's probably the same here in Perth, that there is a battle that rages from within an enemy that wants to attack us through our thoughts. And through our thoughts, he wants to weaken us through our minds. By allowing God to renew our minds today, we can have victory over our thoughts. Did you know that worry, 90% of worry is not even truth? Psychologists will tell you that. 90% of your worrying is not even truth. You start to meditate on something small and before you know it, that little scratch On Your finger has got you so worried that you're taking every type of pill, using creams, running off to doctors, looking on Facebook for someone to give you some advice. You're just worrying about something that's not even real. Why? Your mind's gone running rampant. How much more in our walk with God? Amen. The devil's trying to attack us. Society is trying to attack the church through our minds. Amen. My prayer is said so that we allow God to get a hold of our thoughts by doing something about it. First Corinthians, second Corinthians chapter ten, verse three to five, hear these thoughts. The Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Thank God this morning that we can trust in His power and His might to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I preached on this a couple of years back here at this church, on that, that scripture right there. Many more new faces here, thank God. And I want to highlight this this one point once again. Paul is talking to the church of Corinth and he's reminding them of three things. Casting down imaginations... The things that exalteth themselves against the knowledge of God and every thought to the obedience of Christ. Imagination, knowledge, and thoughts. Paul knows where this warfare is taking place. Why? You read Romans chapter 7. He talks honestly about his own warfare. Now, if you're like me, you probably consider the Apostle Paul to be a very spiritual man. A very influential man in the church of his time traveling all over the place writing letters to the Corinthians to the Ephesians uh, to Ephesus to Philippi to Thessalonica and Rome and other places he had a huge influence but in Romans chapter 7 and read it when you get home he talks about his battle between good and evil he goes to do good evil's waiting for him he goes the good that he wants to do at times he doesn't do he does the evil that he does not want to do and he's talking about a battle that rages within his members within his mind You're not alone today. If there's some that's been battling thoughts that aren't conducive to your walk with God, let me tell you, you're not alone. The great apostle Paul was open enough to say, Listen, I too am battling thoughts. But he says that his victory is in Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God who calls us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. And here to the church in Corinth, he's reminding them, there are three areas that we are battling with. Imaginations knowledge which we store in our minds and thoughts that there is a battle that is raging. But be reminded, church, this morning, as Paul reminded the church of Corinth, this warfare is not physical. You can't train in a gym to punch out the devil. This is a spiritual warfare. But the good news is that our victory is in Jesus. Amen. He says that. Amen but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are those things that have your minds captive and defeated. Jesus wants to pull down strongholds today. Because you used to be this and you used to be that. But the Bible says, as my wife explained before, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Therefore, you're no longer an alcoholic or a drug addict or depressed or suicidal. No, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Behold, all things have passed away and we've become new. Aren't you glad? The world's labeled you. If you have a criminal record, you are labeled for the rest of your life. But thank God we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen. Before I go any further this morning, let me just quickly send out a warning to everybody under the uh, hearing of my voice. Be careful as to what you are watching. Be careful what you listen to. Worldly music might seem attractive to the ears, but when you get to listen to the lyrics, you need to be careful what you listen to. It's so sexualized, it's so violent. It's so drug infested that the more you listen to those sweet little tunes, the more you begin to struggle with some of the thoughts of the messages that are being portrayed. So be careful what you listen to. As a matter of fact, let me put it to you like this: Be careful who you listen to. Listen, gossip rages in the first testament in, in the New Testament. Church gossip rages in the church in 2019. You be careful who you listen to. If somebody wants to pull down the man of God, let the feelers of the Holy Ghost rise up within you and cut that conversation down. Listen, you can have your struggle, just don't drag me into it. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to, who you listen to. Be careful who speaks into your life. Oprah is not born again. I don't care how many viewers she has. Dr. Phil ain't a born-again believer with great advice for you. Amen. But there is a man called Jesus... That went on a journey all the way to Calvary. More than just a man. Let me tell you who he really was. He was and is the Emmanuel God with us. Now that's a voice worth listening to. As a matter of fact, I want the Holy Ghost speaking in my life every day. I need the voice of God rubbing up against me saying, Hey, what are you thinking? What are you watching? Who are you talking to? What are you listening to? Be a warning of the, of, of the voice of God in my mind, in my conscience, in my soul today. Amen. What are we reading? Funny story. Recently, somebody asked my wife, did you take the music team out to watch Fifty Shades of Grey? No. I preach against movies like that. Never seen it, never will. Won't come to my house. I don't want the devil in my house. Therefore, I won't put him on the television. I won't put him on my screen. I won't put him on my computer. I won't put him on my music list. Amen. Praise God. Watch it. It's very important. To the church of Ephesus, Paul reminded them about the armor of God. And he said to them, put on the helmet of salvation. Does that mean if I put on a helmet, I'm saved? No. Jesus said, you've got to be born again of water and of spirit to be saved. But the helmet of salvation is to stop voices and seeds trying to plant themselves in your life that destroy your walk with God. I've been a Christian for over 25 years. I've seen great people rise up and walk out. It didn't happen because the pastor preached a message that they didn't like. It happened because they 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 mused on a thought. Because they got a seed of bitterness and jealousy and envy and hatred in their heart because somebody dropped a devilish thought saying, Hey, why doesn't the pastor use you? And they thought about that when the preacher preached truth from the word of God, they were offended and walked out. They weren't offended by the pastor, they were offended by the seed that had been planted. you got to be careful of what seeds are in your garden today. Pull out some weeds. Amen. Fill your mind with the Scriptures. Always make yourselves accountable and open to the preaching of God's Word. I make it a habit whenever I go somewhere to preach to not call the pastor and say, tell me the gossip of what's going on in church so I can tailor a message to attack the issues. That'll be fraudulent. I make it a habit to seek the mind of Christ through prayer. Lord, let me hear your voice. Let me hear the, the voice of the Spirit. Amen. Put on the helmet of salvation. Now, growing up, I'm a child of the '80s. Anybody that comes from the '80s knew that safety wasn't a priority. My dad had a purple Kingswood a station wagon. We didn't need to wear seatbelts. So me and my brother Matthew, I'm the youngest of five, so we'd sit at the back of the station wagon. There were no, uh there were no seatbelts back then. There was no seats in the back there, and my dad loved taking the corners a little bit faster. We loved it. We thought it was fun. Smacked from one side to the other. When we drove, uh, rode our BMX bikes, we didn't wear helmets. They were dorky. Only geeks wore helmets back in those days, right? We went bareheaded until we smashed their head across the floor several times from falling off our push bikes thinking we should had a helmet. Today you have to wear a helmet. It's law. Because a simple covering on your head can save your life. As a matter of fact, we had a young... Uh, A lady in our church whose son was into uh, mountain bike riding and he fell off his mountain bike and he still can't walk because the helmet came off and he banged his head. What he needed to have was that helmet tightly secured and he'd be okay today. But a simple, a simple mistake of not strapping on his helmet has caused this man to not be able to walk nearly two years later and speak very slowly because he had what they call head injuries. The helmet of salvation, my God, protect my mind every time I walk out of my house. My God, every time I wake up in the morning, let there be a covering over my thoughts. If I, I, I don't know about you, but let me say something. I think it's the same here as it is back on the Gold Coast. There are billboards today being advertised that 20 years ago would be considered pornographic. And they're in your face now. And therefore, we're going to guard our minds. There are things being promoted in society today that 20 years ago, that would not be promoted. But now that the big voice of 2019, my God, let me put on the helmet of salvation, block my mind from the injuries of this world, uh, the seeds of the enemy, the influences of sin. My God. Hallelujah. You see, when I first come to the Lord, you know, I... my mind was filthy I'm not just talking about sexual thoughts I'm talking about my mind was th- filthy how can I scam somebody how can I take revenge anger and frustration and violence that, that's the family we got, grew up. we grew up in that was how your mind was you didn't turn the other cheek you tried just to punch their other cheek that's how we were brought up and then we got saved thank God and then I noticed that Christians we get labelled on many things Especially us, one of us Pentecostals. And one of the words that I know is people starting to call me, some of my friends. Keep away from that church. They will brainwash you. You've heard that before. You've probably been told yourself you've been brainwashed. Watch out for those Pentecostals. It's dangerous to walk into one of their churches. And that's actually true. In a good way. I mean, sometimes when you get to a Pentecostal, when you have worship like we had today, uh, especially if you're first time here or you just visiting. I was a, we came to a Pentecostal church for the first time once upon a time. You wanted to find a place you could crawl under the seats and get out and run for your life. So watch with these people. They're happy. Who's happy on a Sunday morning? They're dancing. The nightclub closed this morning at 4 a.m., but they're still dancing. Oh, because people try to get out. They think we're crazy until they taste and see what we have. And then they reckon Wow, This is what I've been wanting all my life. This is God, Christ in you. The hope of all glory. But that label, brainwashed, one of the most common uh, forms of insults for us Christians. <laughs> brainwashed. But yet the very word brainwashed, when you put it together, is actually a compliment. I mean, let me ask you. Actually, don't put your hand up if you haven't. I won't ask for a show of hands. It could be dangerous. But I... I imagine this morning that everybody in this building has had a shower since last night and this morning. All right, You cleaned yourself. Why? Because you were dirty so you washed yourself, right? And nobody said, oh, you washed yourself? You had a shower? Really? Well, keep away from that person. They had a shower. As a matter of fact, because you had a shower, I'd like to hang out with you. If you didn't, you probably wouldn't want to hang out with me if I had a shower since last week either brainwashed I mean we showered because we wanted to be clean when your hands are dirty you squash a bit of, squeeze a bit of soap on them from the dispenser and you scrub them under the, the running water why because you want your hands to be clean it's not a bad thing it's actually a very good thing wash your hands before you eat <laughs> I believe we've needed the Holy Ghost to wash our minds for a very long time it ain't a put down devil it's actually a compliment My prayer this morning for you and I in this church is, Lord, wash me from anger. My God, get a hold of my thoughts and cleanse me from revenge. My God, wash away lust and lustful thoughts out of my life so I can see a it going down the stream of the holiness that doesn't come to me anymore. Wash me from jealousy against a brother or sister today. Let me be pure and clean from doubt and discouragement. Wash me and cleanse me. As a matter of fact, the Bible said that we've been washed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We're new creatures, as I said before. Mm. Amen. There's nothing wrong with being brainwashed. As a matter of fact, God had to take my thought pattern. I was so negative as a new Christian. I was so hard on myself and, and down on myself. It, God had to get deep into my soul. I, I'm not talking about a surface scrub. I'm talking get out the gurney. Get deep in there. And wash me from hatred and, and get rid of anger and get rid of disappointment and, and abuse that we had to endure, And get rid of all the ugly stuff. I'm so glad today that I've been cleansed by the power of Almighty God. I'm not ashamed to say it. My mind has been cleaned. My thoughts have been renewed. And so have you. If that's you this morning, why don't, you, why don't we just pause for a praise break this morning. Why don't we just thank the Lord today that we have been washed and cleansed and made new Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wash us today, Lord. Cleanse us this morning. Make us new once again. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But with so many, there are so many encouraging words in Scripture that Paul writes, but I'm reminded of his letter to the church in Rome. In verse 2 of our reading, says, And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, there's two key words that seem to jump out at me when I read that scripture, which I've been reading for many years. The first word is be not conformed to this world. To be conformed means to comply with rules, standards, or laws. To comply. It's not who you are. You're just complying. You're acting like a chameleon changing your colour just to fit in, to comply. And the Bible says they conform to this world. Too many Christians conform. Too many Christians conform even within the church. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with a a submissive spirit. There is nothing wrong with you and I saying, Lord, I want to submit myself to the pastor. If he expects things that I don't understand, I'm going to submit anyhow. And during my process of submission, you're going to teach me. That's a great attitude to have. I pray that every soul on the Gold Coast right now would have that attitude. But I don't want to comply to a set of laws and standards and rules that the church sets, even though they're Bible-based. The Bible says, be ye transformed big difference between conforming and being transformed you see to conform is to comply with rules standards or laws but to be transformed means to make a marked change in form nature or appearance when you are transformed simply putting it you are changed you're not the same person anymore listen first of all god sees the change and the world sees the change. Hey, take note, the devil seems the change. Your family sees the change. What happened to them? What do you mean you don't want to go up for a drink? What do you mean you don't smoking anymore? How come you don't swear anymore? Why do you dress the way you do so modestly and good? What's happened to you? You've changed. Oh, thank God I've changed. The Bible says He's changing us from glory to glory. Amen. One step at a time. He's changing us. I don't want to be the same person that first walked into church many years ago. I'm glad that He's changed me. And I'm glad that He's changing me. He's changing my attitudes. He's changing my thoughts. He's changed my speech. He's changed my presentation. That's a good thing. Amen. Don't just simply conform. People that conform, they lack spiritual substance. And therefore, because they conform, their mind is still the same. And they battle the same thoughts. God's not impressed with how you live in church. He's impressed by how you live when the church is no longer with you, and it's just you and God. That's when conforming ends. But a transformed life remains the same. Consistent, holy and pure before God. Amen. I I want spiritual substance, and that can only happen by being transformed, changed. Hallelujah. If you're new to the church, have a look at your spiritual mirror in a year. If you'd stay in this place, if you continue to grow and love God and be in the house of God and take what God gives you here and live it at home, you'll, you'll be amazed where God will take you over the years. You really will be amazed what God can do in your life. Amen. God. So how do we transform? Because let's be honest, I want to live by... If you give me rules and laws and standards, uh, they help me. They give me a guideline on how to live. They're not necessarily bad, but how do I be transformed and changed that I can have a marked change in my lifestyle, a marked change in how I live? By the renewing of your mind. And be transformed and paul says by the renewing of your mind wow there's something about this mind that the lord really wants to minister to his church about this old age warring this old age struggle with thoughts and what goes on within our minds but he says that god wants to transform us be transformed by the renewing of your mind ephesians puts it like this and comes to a close very soon and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. If you feed your mind godly things, you will free your mind. (laughs) If you feed your soul godly things, you will free your soul through God. Mighty through God, the Bible says, to the pulling down of strongholds. Let me read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 to 16. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ye heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. You love Him? Amen. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For for what a man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God know no man, but the Spirit of God. In other words, your natural, carnal nature cannot understand spiritual things. You need the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, thank God, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words of uh, which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost Teacheth. Are you hearing what it says here? Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Remember when you first walked into a Pentecostal church, you thought this was all crazy. But when you got into the Spirit and God filled you with the Holy Ghost, you realized, hang on a second, this is what I've always needed. This is living. This is life and life more abundant. This is joy unspeakable. This is a life I wish somebody had told me years before. Amen. Because what happened? There's been a transformation between the the carnal mindset to a spiritual mindset because of the Spirit of Almighty God in us. Verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that He may instruct Him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let me tell you, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have the mind of Christ. Not by your abilities, but because of His Spirit in you, He speaks to you in ways you cannot hear when you're just being Spirit-led. There's a difference between being Spirit-led and being Spirit-filled. I'm so glad that God led me to a Pentecostal church, but He didn't stop at the leading of His Spirit. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, if the musicians want to come, what do we stand? Ephesians 3 and 20 says these words, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. What's the power that works in a born again believer? That's the power of the Holy Ghost. It ain't the power of your clever little mind and how educated you are and how much money you have and how good looking you are and all the things you got together. No, friend. The power that's working in us is the power of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Almighty God. So how do I overcome thoughts? How do I get victory over the weakness of my mind? How do I put guardrails around my thinking pattern? How do I get rid of stinking thinking? you got to be filled with the Spirit. You've got to be filled with the Spirit. I'm not talking about a one-off walk to an altar where God filled you with the Holy Ghost. That's very important. But now that you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got to be filled with the Spirit overflowing, that you make room for the Spirit of God to speak to you. Uh, You might not be the pastor, you might not be a minister and a leader, but if you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the voice of God. Inside of you. So that when the devil drops a seed, a thought, trying to bring you back to your past and telling you how unworthy you are and how dare you worship God in this building. I know who you are. You know where God brought you from. You can raise up in the Holy You can say, devil, I'm not that person anymore. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's the Spirit of God. Hear me. Hear me. It's the Spirit of God in us that gives us victory over past thoughts. I'm not just preaching. This is my own testimony today. It's the power of the Holy Ghost within us that gives us the power over past thoughts, past regrets, past failures, past offenses, over our past. For the power of the Spirit today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah you've never been filled with the holy ghost let me tell you he said he'll pour his spirit upon all flesh the bible says if you're hungry he'll fill you he says it's like rivers of living waters swelling up within our soul anybody need the baptism of the holy ghost today or anybody need a refreshing in the holy ghost listen you've been struggling with thoughts that's why you've said amen I'm not that a good a preacher, brother, to, 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 to entertain you and give you something exciting that's not truth. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this place. I feel God's tapping on somebody's shoulder right now and saying, Well, actually, Pastor, uh, brother, I've never received the Holy Ghost. I've seen God speaking through people and, and people speaking in tongues and all that good stuff. And this morning, God wants to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. You want victory over the world? Step away from the world and step into the spiritual Step into the where the power really works. And that's in the power of the Holy Ghost today. He says, ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That power also refers to authority. That when the devil comes knocking on your door, you can happen to say, hey devil, you remember when you used to come into my house and knock on my door and I had to let you in? I've got power now to say, get out from amongst me. I don't fellowship with you. We don't sup together anymore. You and I are different. I've been filled with a new spirit, the spirit of almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.